A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. So I was in the shower, I was cleaning my ass and making all the all sparkly, spanky clean. I'm not the funny one, I'm the pretty one. Talk shots. <laughs> I just checked myself out. The glory holds like a, a like big theater. I imagine you're kind of Which means your pants had better come off. Mama needs playtime. We're not sluts. We just love love. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> this is Mrs. Atom, and Mr. Atom is currently cracking up and cannot control himself. I'm having a moment. Let me have my moment. All right, yes. Right. Hi. <laughs> hey, y'all. Um, yeah, and uh, welcome to another episode of By the By. Mm-hmm. Um, we are currently sitting at the dining room table covered in charcuterie. Meats and cheeses and pickles and Mustards. olives and... Yeah. Crackers and all kinds of good stuff. So if you hear us munching, well, yeah, suck sorry, it up, buttercup. not sorry. Uh, you're invited next time. We yeah. promise. You're invited. Anyway. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> what are we talking about? To- oh, I know what we're talking about tonight. Are you sure you do? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> well, I'll make it up as I go along. Okay. Um, so we've been, we have been recently asked to speak um at Acon, mm-hmm. which if you don't know what Acon is, Acon is the largest um, LGBTQI, um, very sex positive organization. It's a it's an, um, a volunteer organization here in Sydney. Um, originally, they focused on uh, HIV prevention and um, and helping folks with HIV. Um, now they still do that, of course, but now they focus a lot on just uh, communal community health. Mm-hmm. So people in the LGBTQI community, um, and we have been lucky enough to been asked to speak um, in honor of bisexuality awareness. Um, so International Bisexuality Day or Bisexual Day is September twenty third. Celebrate Bisexuality yeah. Day, something like that. I think. Celebrate bisexual. It's September twenty third. Look it up. It's a day for us. <laughs> yeah. Um, is September 23rd. So um, they've asked us to come in and speak with them um, at, at a luncheon. Um, in preparation for that. Sort of in yeah. preparation for that, to get their folks excited about... Uh, diversity days. Diversity days yeah. and bisexuality awareness and kind of badass. Um, so one of the things we wanted to sort of talk about tonight is just sort of bisexuality in daily life and how it affects us and how we see that it affects us and how, I guess, it affects our friends and, and family and, and colleagues around us, if it does at all. Um, so I think tonight's going to be more of a, I know tonight is going to be less of a scripted night because we, mm-hmm. that's, that's it. That's all we've got to talk about. We have no, normally we'll have notes and questions and whatnot. Um, but tonight, I think it's just going to be a sort of casual conversation yeah. between the two of us. 
Mm-hmm. Let's hope it goes for an hour. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, I have to talk to you for an hour? I know. What? It's going to hurt you. It's going to hurt me more than it hurts you. Trust me. All right. All right. <laughs> it probably will. <laughs> um, so... I'm just going to ask sort of the first thing that pops into my mind. Okay. Um, when you get on the bus in the morning going to work, do mm-hmm. you think about your sexuality and and who you are and how you define yourself? I don't when I get on the bus. But I will say that, you know, there is a bit of looking around and seeing who's around you. Because I'm not one of those people that gets on and just puts my head down. I like to look around and see who's around what they're doing, you know, what's going on on the bus. And it's always interesting to see not only what people are doing, but the the scope of people that are there. And it is one of those, as in any public situation, when you're looking around at strangers, there's always that etiquette of how long you can stare at someone. And I am conscious of, am I staring at the <laughs> males more than the females or females versus the males? And especially when there's people that may be riding backwards, facing the other way or standing and they're watching you as well. Because, you know, I like to watch people, especially people who are watching other people and try and figure out what they're looking at or what they're thinking. I know, I know. Well, I'm going to add to this. <laughs> I've seen you watch people and you don't watch people slyly. <laughs> you don't do that it like... It depends on how much they get my attention. You don't do that yeah. like sly <laughs> stare, like, oh, I'm checking you out. You're like like laser beam, like <laughs> focused on somebody. And and, it's, and you've got gigantic eyes anyway. Uh-huh. And so, I mean, that's the eyes are typically the first thing that people look at when they look at a face. So it is not questionable as to what you're looking yeah. at typically when people look at you. Right. So, yeah, I try to... Uh, it, I did try to, I'm going to say, split my time and not stare at either one person or people or whatever more than another. But I would say otherwise, no. It doesn't, I don't really think about it. Um, but, but I do just try to be conscious of you know, not staring at one group more than the other is all. I don't know why it matters, honestly. No, it doesn't matter. Because I think about it, and I'm like, it shouldn't matter, and I don't know. So then, but that's actually a good point. So um, do you do you try to focus, like, if you do you notice more if you're staring at women or, or men? Um, is that something that, that, you know, sort of pops up for you? For me, I, it, it changes, honestly. And it's, some days I would say it's much more women. Overall, I would say it's more women, um, but there are some days where the, you know, depending on what guys are there, they may catch my attention more so, but it really does vary, and I don't know if that's a mood thing, a what's going on thing, who we've been playing with or not, I don't know what changes that, but it, it does, you know, it is a little bit more fluid, that it's not always the same. Yeah, but do you catch yourself and you're like, oh, I need to not look at this person more because of... Not necessarily who do you look at more, but like if you if you find yourself staring at a woman more, mm-hmm. do you feel more self-conscious? Oh, I've been staring at this lady for the last three bus stops. I didn't say, almost said 20 minutes, but like the last wow, three bus stops. those bus, bus stops, stops are far apart. <laughs> the last three bus stops. Or do you feel that way more if you're looking at a man? Do you feel like so, it's you're more allowed to look at one or the other? I do I feel like I'm more allowed to look at men. Um, and and uh, the other day coming home, there was a a lady that I thought was absolutely stunning sitting in the the sideways seats, like the handicapped yeah. seats. Yeah. She was sitting there and I was a few back. So she was in my line of sight and she wasn't 
looking at me because she's sideways. Right. And so I could stare at her a bit more, look at her a bit more. And But at the same time, I was like, but if anybody else is watching me, then they're going to see me looking at her. And so it was just kind of like, I can't do that. But with guys, I feel like it's a bit easier to... I know there's a fly. He's driving me crazy. Um, <laughs> do we need to pause the podcast to take care of this fly? If you can get the fly outside or kill him, then um, maybe. Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> we will come right back to sexy talk in just a moment. All right, Mr. Adam went hunting the fly, and he flew away. He knew he was being hunted. Fucker got away. Anyway. We were interrupted by a goddamn (laughs) six-legged fucker. But what I was saying is that I feel like, and it's, I'm sure it's just me, but when I look at women and they catch my attention, it is very much often I really want to look at and... And it's going to sound creepy, but analyze them a bit more and like think about what it is that I'm attracted to in them. All right. Specifically. Fair enough. Whereas with a guy, it's like, oh, he's cute or whatever, but I feel like I can do more of that passing glance, even repeatedly, but at least it's not as overt as when I'm interested in a woman. And so I have to kind of do, like, have to keep an eye on myself when I'm looking at people and just, you know, make sure that it's not, I don't do the creepy stare thing. No, fair enough. Okay. I can get that. What about you? I'm a mess. Um, well, we knew that. Yeah, I know. But so for me, I I very much when I get on the bus, I, I not wait. Let's let's go back to context. What was okay. the full question? The, my original question for you. I don't know how to does it affect does it affect me you? when I get on um, the bus? Something so like that? Yeah. I, I, it does affect me. Um, you know, it, it's and for me, it's because my sexuality is something that I'm almost always both either thinking about or paranoid about or concerned about or it's on my mind. Um, And so when I'm on a bus, let's say if if I'm checking somebody out, um, I find myself, and this this may seem odd because I'm not exactly sure how to even verbalize this. Like with ladies, of course, I'll check them out. And I'll check out the lady in what I'm going to call and forgive me for saying it this way, the typical man kind of way. You know, you look at the lady and you, you you know, like, oh, you're very pretty. And you, you check out the body and the style, for me at least. Mm-hmm. I'm always looking at ladies' shoes because that's, you know, the shoes make the lady. And um, I'm a sucker for handbags, so, you know, um, I, I'm kind of curious as to what kind of bag they're wearing. Um, and so I look at the whole kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But with women, I'm definitely a details person. Like, I'm looking at shoes. I'm looking at handbags. I'm looking at earrings, jewelry, because that's what I really like. Um, but with men, I, I tend to do it in a much more, like, longing sort of way. Like, it's a – like, if, I, if, I, if an attractive guy comes on the bus – Mm-hmm. I, I sort of, it's, it's one of those, um, you know, that scene in Jurassic or sorry, that scene in Jaws, um, where Brody sees the shark about to attack <laughs> the little boy. Um, and so they, the, the camera does what's, um, what happens physically with the camera is it's pulled back on a dolly, but it zooms in on the person's face. Uh-huh. So it creates this, this effectiveness where um, you've got the person with the background behind them that's easy to see, but as the camera pulls back and the, doll, and, or the dolly pulls back and the camera zooms in, it focuses only on the person's face, and everything behind them becomes blurry and, okay. and tight. Um, I feel like that's what happens with me and guys. It's like I look at a guy and I'm like, holy cow, you're, you're an attractive beautiful male specimen Mm -hmm. um and i have trouble like like i'm sure if people look at me they're like what is wrong with this boy but i always try to do it in a very 
sneaky, not sneaky, because that sounds dirty, but, you know, very non-obvious sort of way. Um, Because, you know, it's like, it's still that... That that stigma of oh you can't check out guys um, you know and I do that more in our area but if we're in on Oxford Street which isn't in, if right. you're not from Sydney it's a notoriously um, it's it's a, a very homosexual community big uh, budding homosexual community um, I'm much more sort of blatant about the way I check people out there right. than I am than I, th- when I'm here mm-hmm. um, fellas that is um, so how often would you say that you get on the bus, train, whatever, and you check people out. Nearly what? every time. Okay. Nearly every time. Um, and, you know, we've talked about this before. I think there is something um, attractive about just about everybody. I mean, you, it doesn't, it's not about body type. It's not about, you know, sometimes it's the, with especially with guys. I'm, I'm, I think I am much more free with my attraction to men than I am with my attraction to women. Because mm-hmm. women, I have a, spe- there's a specific type that I like with women. Um, with men, it's a lot freer. Um, but, like, um, like I can remember times that I've gotten on the bus in Newtown. And, again, if you don't know Newtown, think Soho in New York City. Um, it's a very artsy sort of area. Um, and I'm like, oh, my God, that guy, I love his bag. Mm-hmm. You know, he's got his really great messenger bag. It's really attractive that, you know, and the messenger bag can make the man mm-hmm. um, or, you know, holy shit. Look at the look at that dude's shoes. And like, that's kind of awesome. People who guys that would choose that kind of shoe. Mm-hmm. I'm attracted to that kind of guy. It's that kind of attitude um, because it's not exactly about how you look. It's about how you present yourself. I was going to say, yeah, because I look at not just details like that, but it's also overall how the person carries themselves and that confidence yeah. and, you know, I'd say confidence without the overconfidence. You know, you don't want to be arrogant. Exactly. But confidence it, without arrogance is yeah. the perfect way to put it. But it is interesting, and that's kind of what usually catches my eye when you're in a crowd like that, is those people that have that confidence, but they're not super arrogant or anything. Yeah. And it's really easy. It's really interesting. And I feel very sexist in saying this. Um, but for me, it's easier for men to have that confidence without arrogance than it is mm-hmm. for women. Um, and I don't, I'm not exactly sure I can qualify that okay. as to why. But um, when I look at guys, especially, you know, popping on the train or whatever, mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, yeah, you're you're attractive, you're confident, but you don't seem cocky. Um, and right. women come on and sometimes you're like, look, you're confident, but you're a little too confident. Do you think they that makes them seem high maintenance? Maybe. Actually, I, maybe that's it. Maybe that's it. Because I high maintenance, I'm the high maintenance one in the relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, I, we don't need two high maintenance people in a relationship, so therefore. So then, in your eyes, it would be hard for a woman to walk that line between confidence and high maintenance. Yeah, that's a really God. I sound fucking sexist. I hate that. I don't like that about me. But <laughs> I can't. Well, we learn something new. Ah. Yeah, no. yeah. You can't do anything about it unless you know that it exists. Yeah, fair enough. Um. So how about how about your work life? Like, once you're at work, do you think about your sexuality at work? In the office, I don't. Um, it doesn't, I mean, well, I mean, the, of course, there's always conversation around, you know, what to do this weekend, blah, blah, blah. Um, so I do try to walk a bit of a, a fine line when answering the, what did you do this weekend, <laughs> you know, and not give a lot of details or really. Do you mean who did you do this weekend? Yeah, so I try not to, especially if I know that someone is a little more conservative, I don't want to flaunt anything or throw it in their face or make them uncomfortable. 
But at the same time, I'm not going to hide who I am. So I might say, oh, I went to a club, blah, blah, blah. And if they ask what club or where, I'll give a few more details. But I'm not going to just be like, well, you know, we went out and met this couple right, and this, right. you know, brought them home and whatever. What did, I'm not going to do that. These are the positions we went through. Um, yeah. So it's it's that, you know, information without a lot of information, unless they're brave enough to dig and ask questions, then by all means, I will answer questions. Um, but I don't otherwise really think about my sexuality unless I'm in front of a customer. And then it is, it, it's, um, you know, it's, you kind of ramp it up a little bit and, and whether they're male or female does change how I play to them. Interesting. Um, yeah, so I would say in that way, yes. But in the office, no, not really. I don't. I think that's interesting because, you know, it's, um, I don't know. I look at me and, again, I always think about, I'm, it is always weighing on me. My, mm-hmm. my sexuality is always weighing on me, either in a, uh, in a, in a, less often positive way, but more often in a, in a negative sort of like it's, it's a weight that I bear kind of Mm -hmm. thing. Um, because the same thing, you know, it's like, um, uh, how to put this like, so if I'm in front of a customer, then I want to come off as confident, strong. Mm -hmm. And if I show, uh, especially with other men, if I show a, a, a less dominant side, which is my normal who I am, I am not a dominant guy, mm-hmm. <clears throat> then that's a sign of weakness. And so the last thing I need to show is a sign of weakness. Um, not to say that my homosexuality side, or, you know, the male side of my bisexuality is weak, but let, I mean, at the same time, you can't, you can't say it's not because in in the real world we we all live in this heteronormative world mm-hmm. in which you know men who show emotion or show a softer side are weak. Mm-hmm. <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> so it's it's tough for me to um, to really compartmentalize that and and say okay, you know this is the thing I'm going to do. So what I end up doing is you know just putting on that mask of confident me and going out and so showing that just just confidence mm-hmm. because I, I think that you know confidence is something that is gender gender neutral you yeah. know you have confident women you have confident men so whether I'm confident or not I try to show a mask um the pretend me that is actually comfortable and confident in my situation mm-hmm. so it's I don't know it's um You know, it's frustrating. It's frustrating, but it's still at the same time, it's, I I sort of look at it as a necessary evil. Um, And I often find, you know, when, when meeting with customers, you know, you, you end up treating men and male and female customers differently, which I know is again, against everything that we sort of talked about, but let's be realistic. I am a not unattractive um, young looking for my age male. So I sort of flirt, especially being a southerner in amidst Australians, I very much flirt with the, with the women. Mm-hmm. In what I sort of deem as a non-aggressive way because I'm not, I have no interest in them. I'm, I, I'm, most of the time I'm male-centric. So female customers, they get flirted with, but it's to me, I think it's clear, and I yeah. think to most of them it's clear, that it's harmless flirtation. And I'm just about guaranteed that if you asked the vast majority of my customers 
who haven't actually heard me say your name or or use a gender with you would know that would would be confident that I'm gay. Yeah. Um, so what about within your office within the company? What does it come up? Not come up, but does it affect your your life within the company? It affects the way that I present myself. Mm-hmm. It always affects. I mean. Um, I guess how so. So, you know, the vast majority of my company know that I'm bi. Um, mm-hmm. I, you know, I've come out to my, my best friend um, and colleague at the office, um, and she knows everything. And then I came out to my boss, um, gosh, it's been six, eight months ago now. Um, you know, him sort of inadvertently, but still. Yeah. Advertently. It was necessary at the time. It, it, it was. It felt Cir- necessary at the time. Circumstances deemed it that it needed to um, happen. And you know, yeah. and both of them. She's been nothing but supportive. She's been, you know, n- next to you. She's probably one of the people that I tell everything in the world to. And mm-hmm. um, you know, the I'm, not, I'm. I would never belittle or, or try to small or in smallen <laughs> <laughs> that relationship <clears throat> because of how important she is. Um, but my boss took it so well, you know, he's a, a vanilla guy that, you know, was sort of unfortunate to him thrust into a situation where he had to deal with my sexuality, which I don't think any boss wants to deal with that or should (laughs) have to deal with that, but he doesn't care. He's like, fuck, as long as you make me money, that's all I care about. Um, and then when you look at the other colleagues that I work with, pretty sure most of them have some sort of inkling as to our lifestyle because we're such a small company. When people ask you, what did you do this weekend? You know, if you go, oh, we went out to a club. Which club? Right. And if you're from... So they start asking the details. Yeah, they want to know the details because there's not many of us. And Mm -hmm. so then, you, oh, well, you know, we went out to a a little club called Our Secret Spot. Oh, where's that? It's on Crown Street. Oh, I've never been there. And I was like, it's two doors, two doors down from the Owl House. We'll have to check it out sometime. I don't think you're going to want to do that. Yeah, I might want to look it up online first. <laughs> yeah, check it out online first. Um, see if it's your scene. <laughs> you know, but... If it is, awesome. We'll see you there. At the same time, it, it, it boils down to that thing that is one of my f- sort of first... I'm going to say big issues with being bisexual is that, you know... It, it comes down to that when you're talking to colleagues and, and work friends and you're talking about previous relationships and you'll say, oh, I had a partner who, you know, we did that. You know, mm-hmm. you might talk about, you could talk about anything. It's like, have you ever had tikka masala? I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, you know, my, my, my first wife and I, and we never did that, but I had a partner and I mm-hmm. who did. And number one, number one, that's a really odd thing to say. Um, but number two, to, to phrase it that way. Yeah. Um, but number two, it's, it's one of those things that if you, it's hard not to use, uh, pronouns with previous partners. It is interesting. I would say it's different as well for us here in Australia because in the States partner was not really used a lot except when referring to a homosexual or same-sex mate. Yeah. Um, but in Australia, everybody but uses in the Australia, word partner. Yeah, a lot of people use partner when describing heterosexual relationships. So husband, wife, whatever. It is very often that person is referred to as your partner. And so it is hard here to deem what sex it is. And so 
me being more of the American mentality, when people say that, my first inkling is that their partner is the same sex, but then a lot of them I know might be married or whatever. And, right. so, then it, and so it's like, oh, okay, no, it's not. But my first instinct is still that American mentality. And I always have to kind of fight it and think, wait, it may not be. Yeah. Because ultimately it doesn't matter. And I personally quite like the term because to me, a partner is someone more than that word it holds a lot more weight to me than husband or wife does. And, and I agree, and much more than boyfriend or girlfriend. Yeah. yeah, because to me that makes it sound like like there's so much more of a connection and a support system in that person than simply just a, a civil union of some sort. Um, so I actually quite like the term partner, and I'll, I use it not all the time here, but I do use it more frequently now because it does hold that bit more of a weight that we have this extra connection type thing. And, that's and I find system. myself using it all the time. Yeah. Like, I think it's a wonderful statement um, because it, it is that sort of all-encompassing, all-encompassing statement. Yeah, it's not, it's not like they're just someone I go home to at the end of the day. Like They're with me in all parts of my life, and... I Which like that. Is almost I think is better than husband and wife. Yeah. Like yeah. partner. We do everything together. You are like for me a partner means We share everything. Yeah, we share yeah. everything. I can't do something without you. Mm-hmm. Um whereas husband or wife is sort of a I don't know, it doesn't do it for me. <laughs> yeah. I call you my partner very often. Yeah. Yeah. Um but um I had a a, a, a situation just this past week or the week before where I was talking to a customer and, you know, we're, the nature of my job is you do a little bit of work and then you wait for quite a while and then you do a little bit of work and you wait for quite the a cycle, while. The sales cycle time is long. Yeah. It's well, no, long. no. I'm talking about like some of the stuff that we actually do in front of, in the lab. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. 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 So um, this, this fella and I were working together on something and we had started something and we were waiting for it to finish. And so, you know, we're waiting 15 minutes for it to finish. So we're just, just talking and he's asking me questions about moving from the States and blah, 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 blah. And I found myself without even meaning to do it, talking about my first wife and then later saying, oh, well, my last partner, he and I, blah, 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 blah. And I used a very gen- gender specific. And I think for for the bisexuals out there who have have sort of intermingled amongst the heteronormative folk, it's very common for us to use uh, either non-sex specific words gender like neutral. partner, like partner, yeah. or general neutral gender neutral pronouns like they, mm-hmm. um, we, we, yeah. kind of thing, and and it's it's so easy to fall into that. And I wish I could not do that. I wish I, could, I wish I could pull myself out of it. So I think consciously that's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to say, look, um, you know, I'm, I'm married to a woman now and, and I uh, love you. But at the same time, that doesn't negate all of my previous relationships. Of course not. Well, yeah. fair enough. But I think that that's something that I don't think that's sort of the norm. Hmm. Um, and I think especially amongst bisexuals is we often will will neutralize the gender of our previous partners right. in order to either say the people we're speaking to or say um, society in general. Right. So, you know, if you're speaking to a bunch of your gay friends um, and your last partner was, uh, or your last relationship was a heterosexual relationship, you might not say she, if for a man, you might say we. Mm-hmm. Um and vice versa for the rest of the world. You know, it's like if you're in a normal, like, 
situation in which, like a work situation, um, where heteronormative is the is is the norm, you'll say we instead of he mm-hmm. for your previous partner if you're a male. Do you think that that um, I don't know how to what the word is I'm looking for, but do you think that that I'm going to say minimizes that previous relationship a bit by making it a little more neutral. I think it does. And I hate that. And that's one of the reasons I want to stop doing that is because yeah. that I think it does minimize the, then it doesn't have as much importance. Um, you feel yes, like. because okay. you know, if it was important, the sex wouldn't matter. Right. Um, you know, and that's, it's something that until we bisexuals start sort of re-owning that, mm-hmm. um, and, and, and using the, the either gender appropriative, words boyfriend girlfriend or th- those gender appropriate pronouns we're not it, it, it negates that it's easy for the heteronormative world to exclude us right um excuse me we we cannot bitch about bi erasure unless we're willing to not erase ourselves and that's something that that's a fair point that's something that i really want to get across that i think that's extremely important we we as bisexuals are always bitching about bi erasure. But until you sort of stop erasing yourself, you're you're not No. You can't complain about that. Um and that's why now I'm I'm trying to sort of flip it over in my brain and it's difficult to do because normality, you know, heteronormality and then my brain in general. And you've been doing it for so long. Yeah. Yeah. You know well it's happened. so long. I've been doing it for seven years. That's just a pretty good habit-forming time, though. I reckon, but yeah. I still don't think it's acceptable. Mm-hmm. But it's, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's frustrating. Uh, and I'm trying to fix that about myself because I don't, I don't like that at all, really. Okay, so then moving on from the workplace, what about uh, going out casually, like to a bar, restaurant, things like that? Do you mean like just the two of us or with friends and whatnot? Ooh, good question. <laughs> um, let's say with friends. Friends, potential colleagues, you know, if you have after work drinks or if you just meet a bunch of friends out. Oh, that's both. I know, two different you, scenarios. Well, you just come from <laughs> two different, massively different things. Yeah. Potential colleagues, I am on my best behavior. I'm not even looking at women or men okay. or anyone. I don't even look at myself in the mirror if I go out with colleagues. Um I want to be as far from uh, sexualized as I can be. And that's hard for me. Fair enough. Um, Because without fail, you always go out with colleagues. And it always happens at conferences where, you know, everybody sort of has that free pass at a conference. Mm. And you're like, holy shit, you're gorgeous. Male or female, doesn't matter. Um, And you're with colleagues, so you can't really do anything about it. Right. or or potential customers, even worse. That's colleagues, worse, yeah. My colleagues yeah. egg me on. Even my boss now is like, so do you think he's hot? So do you think he's hot? I mean, it's adorable, and I sort of want to smack him, but, um, <laughs> you know, it's it's difficult. Right. Um, but with friends, you know, it's it's still tough. Um, for me, at least, when, when we go out with friends, mm-hmm. um, I am much much more comfortable to allow myself to be completely unedited me with females than I am with men. Um, and it, okay. f- and again, it goes back to that sort of 
heteronormative mentality of, I don't want to scare the boys. Mm-hmm. You know, straight, I'm, I'm using air quotes here, nobody can see it, and I apologize for, for this generalization, but, you know, straight boys are afraid of gay boys. That's, it, that's just how it is. Um, however you... Hold up, what was that? Boring, no flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Oof. Feel if you disagree, I would love to hear your arguments against that. But we have been around enough straight males who get really funny when they think they're either being checked out or being hit on, or it makes them uncomfortable. It makes them really uncomfortable. Um, Which, as a side note, I am nearly certain is because they're afraid they're going to be treated the way they treat women. But whatever. you know, it, so it, it's, it is one of those things that when we go out with friends, if I'm in front of even male friends that we've played with before, mm-hmm. um, who male friends that I have a massive crush on, um, there's one of you out there, you probably might know who you are. I don't know. Anyway, um, you know, I still tend to tone myself down because I don't want to make them uncomfortable. Right. And I sort of hate that as well. Well, and I will say as well, the difference is that many of the guys that we do play with, whether they're single guys or in a couple, most of them are not, they don't identify as bisexual and certainly not openly identify as such. Right. So you don't want to push them too far in a public setting. Right. And so there is And and don't get me wrong, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to be, I'm... Right. But I think that's part of why you do kind of hold back a bit. Absolutely. You know, and if we're in a couple situation where... Especially if we're just going out at fr- as friends. Mm-hmm. And this isn't a date. You know, I'm still not going to be like, oh, my God, that guy over there is attractive. I'm going to go hit on that guy. Right. Um, because I don't want to make the, the guy that we're with, mm-hmm. you know, the male section of that party, um, to be – I don't want to make him uncomfortable. Right. But at the same time, I really feel like if, if I was a woman or if the person that I'm going to hit on was a woman, that it, it would be okay. It's acceptable. Um, and that's one of the things that really bugs me about this. I don't know, though. Would it really? Because if we were out with another couple having dinner, and it's not a date or anything like that. But if we're friends and they know but that we're, we're open relationship. Sure. But I still think it would be a bit rude to to get up and leave the table to go hit on somebody. And But I'm not talking about getting up and leaving the table. I'm talking about a situation. This is the situation I'm talking about because this is what's fresh in my mind. Um, so two guys get up and go to the bar to order a drink. Okay, I see what you're saying. The two ladies are staying back to talk or to whatever. Um, Because the men are getting them drinks? Whatever, because they don't want to pay for their drinks. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, 
you know, but any situation in which half the group splits, mm-hmm. and it, I don't think it matters the gender of the of those two people, but you know, half the group splits to go get drinks, the other half stays to maintain man the table. Um, you know, if I if we're being waited on by a attractive bartender, and if it's a guy, it's easier for me to hit on a or to flirt with. Let's just put flirt with even out there. It's easier for me to flirt with the attractive female bartender than mm-hmm. it is for me to attract a uh, flirt with the attractive male bartender. Okay. Um, and that has to do with the sex of the person that I've gone up to the bar with. I was going to say, what if a female went up with if you? If it's a female, of course I'll do it. Absolutely. Okay. It, and typically it doesn't matter, male or female bartender. I'm going to flirt with them. But if it's a male that goes up with me, in order to make him more comfortable, right. I'm less likely to flirt with a male bartender. Which okay. Fucking, I hate that about me. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, I realize that that's, that's one of the things that I do. Yeah. Do you find any difference for you? No, I really don't. So you'll flirt with anyone? Yeah. Um, and I think it's just because if, if the situation is, is right for it, then yes. I, you know, I'm not going to, it doesn't matter to me if it's a male or female around or right. who I'm flirting. Because I see flirtation as harmless. And if someone's going to read more into it, it doesn't matter. They're going to no matter what the situation is. So if somebody approves or doesn't approve or they think it's funny or whatever, it, they're, they're only going to see what they want to see out of it. And so it doesn't matter to me who it is that I'm flirting with or who's around. Which is really interesting that you bring that up because I'll even do this with very close friend of our, friends of ours. Mm-hmm. Friends that we've played with, friends who know I'm by, who yeah. are completely accepting of it. I'll still sort of temper myself around the male side in order to prevent them from feeling uncomfortable. Interesting. Okay. You know, and I, again, I don't, I'm not proud of that, mm-hmm. um, but it's very difficult to, it's very difficult to break oneself of that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I guess I just, I never really have. And it's always been the same for me. And it, I just, I honestly don't even think about it. But I think that's one of the luxuries of being female. Yeah. Maybe. Um, maybe. You, you have very precious few luxuries um, being female. Um, but, you know, I think that's, that's one of those is that mm-hmm. you can feel sexual, your, your f- sexual fluidity is completely expected. Um, Fair enough. And accepted. Yeah. Whereas men, we don't have that luxury of, of sexual fluidity. Mm-hmm. No. We have a umpteen number of luxuries other than that. But uh, sexual fluidity is not one of those. Right. Yeah. Okay. So how about your family? Do you find yourself change? How do you? I do censor myself more around family. Um while they know, I also know that it's not hugely accepted and something that they're going to wholly embrace. And so, I again, I just try to not shove it in their face and just, yeah, if, if something comes up, I just, I would say even more so than in a work setting, I keep it very general. Um, and my, my family generally doesn't ask questions. It's yeah. one of those, if I don't provide details or information, they're not going to dig. And, and I know that. And so, you know, if, if we're talking about, Hey, what went on, what's been going on? They might be like, Oh, we went out, blah, blah, blah. But I don't even say where I don't say with whom, or maybe we went out with some friends. They don't ask questions and I'm not going to flaunt it and throw it in their face. So I do very much censor myself there. 
if the question comes up, if there's, you know, but it, I'm, I will give an honest answer, but it never really does. Um, they just, yeah, they, it's one of those, I don't want to see it. I'm not going to ask about it. Then it doesn't exist yeah. for them. And I don't know if that's necessarily the right thing, but it, at the same time, it kind of, it keeps peace and they're not, our families are far enough away that they're not daily parts of our lives. So I think that makes a huge difference as well. I agree. If they were close um, and we had daily or, you know, couple times a week interactions with them, it would probably be very different. I would, I would imagine anyway. Would you want them to be? Um, more more uh, active, I guess, or more um, knowing or understanding? Honestly, this is going to sound terrible maybe, but for me, I don't think it matters. But I think it's also because we grew up not being close to right. family. And so our nuclear family, you know, sure, we were always there and whatever, but we were not close to our extended family. And so, you know, when moving away, it's it's not that, oh, I'm never going to talk to you again kind of thing, but at the same time, not having, I was never like that, that close that I feel like I need daily contact with them. And it was never ingrained in us that family is so important that you should have this daily contact. You know, if you check in once a week or every other week or whatever, that's fine. Yeah. And all they really want is that high level. Are things going well? Are you happy? You know, is everything okay? Kind of, they want that assurance. But as far as specifics, like, you know, where did you go? What did you do this day? Whatever. Who are you with? Blah, blah, blah. They don't, honestly, I don't think they really care. And they don't ask. So, I don't know. I mean, it's it's, it's tough because if they were, you know, more, if they lived closer or were more involved, then I would say that, that yes, I would want them to, to, care more or at least be maybe more okay with it um but yeah they they don't it doesn't really affect me were you ever that close to your family though like historically at all not really um yeah i would no i would say not really yeah yeah and i look at me so like um but i think my situation is different than many people's because most of our friends are very close to their families yeah. and that's just not something I've really ever had yeah um yeah so I look at it like um growing up I was always really close to my mother but not my father mm-hmm. like dad was working but my mom was sort of my um my support um and so I I look at that and I'm like oh yeah I would love her, you know, as a high schooler and early university, we talked about everything. And it was great because we would talk about everything. Um, And she was very supportive when I came out to her. But what I think, and I don't want to take anything away from her supportiveness from when I came out to her. But I honestly think it was a huge relief when I married a woman. Mm -hmm. That kind of thing. You know, she doesn't have to deal with it. It's not... I'm supportive of you. But it's not in her face every day. But it's not in my face every day, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, it's it's one of those things that I would love to say that I think my mom is completely supportive of my life choices and blah, 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 blah. But I honestly don't think that it is. I think it would be if, if all I did was have this 
heterosexual lifestyle. I can be bisexual as long as I'm only sleeping with women kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, or she doesn't know about the men, but it's, yeah. it's not part of her active world. Exactly. But what she wants is this kind of relationship where it's, you know, she we have the relationship that we used to have when I was young where mm-hmm. I tell her everything um, and also where I am 100% heteronormative uh that kind of thing. I think that's what she really wants. So she wants that relationship, but she doesn't necessarily actually want the details of that. Exactly. Um, and it's been a it's been a rough last week or so um, in which we've had conversations where it's come out, you know, that that's what she wants, mm-hmm. and I can't give that to her. Right. Um, and it's really upsetting. It's very kind of it's ex- fuck frustrating as hell um, to have this kind. Con- kind of one-sided conversation where I'm like, look, you know, this is, this is who I am. Mm -hmm. And she's like, oh, you've changed. I'm like, no, I haven't changed. I, I mean, maybe I have, I'm presenting myself differently. Absolutely. Because you're not hiding it anymore. Yeah. Um, but, and that's the question. If, if you suddenly don't hide the, yourself, your true self from the world, have you changed or have you just sort of Opened up, opened the opened up, and and shed the shield of Mm -hmm. of normalcy, Um, and and that's the thing that we sort of that's the position that I find myself in now, and it's extremely frustrating. Um, And I will say too that for both of us, because our our families are further away, although you you talk to your family more than I talk to mine, but we also. I would say much of our lives revolves around our sexuality. Oh, absolutely. And so when we talk to them and it's and they ask what's been going on, most of it revolves around our sexuality. And so without being able to talk about that, there's very little else. Yes. You know, there's holidays or trips or work or whatever, but all of our friends, we most of our friends anyway, we've met through the lifestyle, we do things with, and it's just, you know, that is a big, big yeah. part of our lives. Or we go out on dates and meet people. So again, if we're talking about that, it's in a very general yeah. form to them because they just don't want the details. And that's a perfect, I think you hit the nail on the head there, is that our, our main hobby is bisexuality, sex-related kind of stuff. Yeah. Like, we have our work jobs, we have the podcast, we have Sex Ed in the City. Yeah. Those are sort of our, that's basically everything in our lives, you know. That's a lot of our time right there. We enjoy yeah. food and wine, but we tend to share that with either play partners or business partners. You yeah. know, it's like um, the number of times we've had Lawrence and Jess from Our Secret Spot over to our apartment. Just not not to play, but just to, as, as they're our social friends. Yeah. We really like them as friends. Um, you know, you look at Miss Jiff and her and mm-hmm. her partner. You know, we get together and we discuss things. And these aren't yeah. these aren't play dates. These are, you know, social occasions where the people that we're spending our time with are you know, in yeah. the lifestyle. And it's it's very frustrating. It's very difficult to sort of navigate yeah. that, especially with parents. And I often wonder how it would be different. Obviously, if we had kids, it would be different because that Absolutely. takes up a lot of whatever. But also, if if those were not our hobbies and, you know, say we just would get, you know, see couples or other people from time to time, go to the club once in a while, but that wasn't what we do with most of our out-of-work time, you know, what would the relationships be different with the families? Would they want more details? Or is it just that we're far enough away that it just doesn't really matter? Yeah. I don't know. You know, it, it's, and I, I can't answer that. 
it's frustrating because I find myself, you know, my mom asks me, you know, what's new, what's going on, and the things I tell her, I even, I, I mean, I, I truncate them, I narrow yeah. them down. Like this, uh, I was, I told her, I'm really excited. You know, we are really excited because we're presenting to a group uh, for at Acon, which, mm-hmm. you know. For I know for us that's a big deal, yeah. um, and that's such an exciting opportunity to be able to do. Um, and the response I got back was basically, "I'm glad you're excited, not I'm excited for you, right. but I'm happy for right. your excitement." Which you know that's fine if that's not your thing. But if that's not your thing, don't fucking ask me. Right. You know yeah. what's new? Don't ask me that. Um, it's just it. It's really frustrating, and it, it's it's hurts in a really, um, you know, because I think all of us, whether we admit it or not, I'm looking at you, uh, want to be accepted by our parents. You know, we want to know that they're, they were our first social group that we were introduced to. You know, they're the, the group that sort of we were raised in. And whether or not you admit it to yourself, I think that you really want to be accepted by your initial social group. We are, we then choose our friends um, and we, mm-hmm. those friends are chosen, you know, they're, so it's a social group that should accept you. Um, and I say that, you know, I, expanding a little more on it because I have the time, um, you have your parents, uh, then you have your initial schoolmates, you have high school mates, college schoolmates, and then <laughs> workmates, life mates. Mm-hmm. And of those five groups, you know, the parents are the ones that you have absolutely no choice over. You cannot control that at all. The primary school, high school, college, high school, primary school, and high school, you have a little more control over it, but you still would like to be accepted by those people. Um, University, of course, then you have a much more freedom. Work, again, a little more freedom. And then your normal social group, um, those are the ones that should accept you no matter what. And I feel like for us, our social group that we've chosen do. There's no, you don't get into our group unless you accept us for who we are. Um, yeah, and that is our, we always call that group here our Australian family. Yes. Because we don't have family here, and they're, it's who we spend all of our time with, it's who we socialize with, they they do know everything that goes on, and we don't have to filter ourselves, which is, and like you said, we're accepted yeah. by them, and that's why we chose them as friends. Um, but that, to me, that feels like my family. But every social group... But it's you, our Australia family. Every social group that I've listed... You, I think that ultimately, as humans, we want to be accepted by each of those. Fair enough, yeah. We want to be included or feel inclusive of. Um, And it's frustrating, especially with parents who I feel, personally, should be a group that no matter what you do, you you should still feel inclusive. And, they, well, and like you've said before, you know, I may not understand it, but that doesn't mean I can't accept exactly. it. Exactly. Um, so, but that's a hard thing to accept. That mentality is hard to accept. I, because you want to and understand. This goes back to but the everybody why. wants to understand, and they want to, they want to get it. And and but at the same time, some things are so far out of your realm of possibility that you're just not going to. I guess. But, but you have to accept that it's important to this person, and it's like fetishes. We may not get everyone's fetish, but you have to accept that it's what turns them on, and that's yeah. fine. You know. And this goes back to, this is the perfect example of, we are the type of people that won't have children, but should have children. Um, you know, it's like these, these people who can't accept their children for anything, but... Yeah. Ugh. Okay, so one other thing I want to talk about uh, is sort of this, the, the, 
a recent change that I've seen. So I'm taking, I'm taking, I'm taking the conversation. I'm twisting it towards what I want to talk about. Curious Um, to see where this is going. I know, right? Uh, So one thing I've seen recently on RHP, at least, um, is when we first joined RHP three years ago, the number of couples in which the male was listed, and I'm going to say singles as well, whereas the male was listed as bisexual, mm-hmm. was, and I would love to see their numbers see because I'm sure they it. actually yeah. have those stats. But I would say it's less than 5%. I actually might say it's less than 2%, but it was in a very low number. So 5%, so 5 and 100 yeah, I would have said two and a hundred. So let's say two percent. Um, and then once you have couples, you know, especially it's it's still it's it's very low, mm-hmm. less than you know seven ten percent. Um, in the very recent past, and when I say that, I mean in the last three to six months, um, I'm starting to notice a lot more couples in which the men. And I, I guess I should have prefaced this with um, on many dating websites, um, whether you're male. Uh, female or male-female couple, you're allowed to define your sexuality as straight, bicurious, bisexual, um, or experimental. Occasionally, you'll have not sure as well, which... Then shouldn't that fall into experimental? You would think so, but... Or curious, uh, or... So, my issue is experimental and not sure are... are, They're catch-all groups. They're catch-all groups. They're, I don't want to say what I really am, or I have no idea what I really am. Both of those I have a massive problem with. Um, There's a a whole podcast along that, and I'm not going to dive into it. Um, You know, and we've played with many couples, some we've played many times with and care a lot about, who the the fellows were listed as not sure or experimental. Mm -hmm. Um, But now I'm starting to see this huge influx of of couples that are either bisexual or bicurious. Fucking love that, um, and 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 it's it's one of those things that look if you if you aren't sure legitimately aren't sure that absolutely put not sure, but I want to sort of know what that means. How is that different than just curious? Yeah, how is that yeah. different than curious? If if you don't know what you like. Especially people in couples. Yeah. Especially um, it, it, male or female that's in a couple. If you're not sure, I feel like you should at least be bi-curious because mm-hmm. you're at least straight because you're married to a woman. If you're a guy, yeah. Well, if I you're guess a guy. you're doing it from guy's perspective. I'm doing it so from yes. the guy's perspective. Right. Sorry. Um, so if you're a guy and you're married to a woman, you're at least straight. So um, you can't be – I think not sure is uh, is unacceptable. Um, you could be bi-curious. I'm curious about mm-hmm. what another man might be like. I'm, I'm heterosexual mostly, but I'm curious. Um, experimental to me is – it goes back to the – all I think about it with every time I hear experimental, I think of drugs. And when I think of experimental in a dating website type thing, I think of kinks. Hmm. That's a very good point. I yeah, think yeah. of kink. I don't think of, of male-female uh, sexuality. Male, female, yeah. yeah. And so I, I've been so excited recently to see this influx of bisexual and bicurious. And I think in the last two weeks alone, we've gotten messages mm-hmm. from people in RHP, uh, no less than five different couples, a couple of singles mm-hmm. that have 
messaged us and been all excited to find, oh, you're a bisexual couple yeah. and you guys sound great. And I'm like, well, we are fucking great. But, you know, I'm – and, I, of course, I go to their their um, their profile and see, oh, look, they're listed as bisexual. Right. That's exciting. Because it is one of those things, and, and we've said it from the beginning, you know, doing this, that a lot of guys and couples would put themselves down as straight – because when they tried to say bi-curious or bisexual, they did not get as many hits. You know, they wouldn't get the traffic or yes. you know, get messages or people wouldn't be interested in them. They're ostracized. Right. Because of that. And But at the same time, you know, then you get messages from people like that and it's... They have straight, so my first inkling is, oh, well, that's not going to be as fun for us. But then when you actually talk to them and you find out that they are, then it's kind of like, well, why don't you just put that on your profile? Because I would not approach you because you have straight on there. But But I understand not getting the traffic and whatever, but at the same time, you're not going to increase that awareness and that acceptance if you don't put it out there. Yeah. And so if you continue to hide behind that, it's not going to get better. I agree. And there there are plenty of guys out there who um, would be more than happy to really receive a blowjob from a guy, but God forbid they put anything other than straight on their on yeah. their profile. Um, and that's it's frustrating because there is nothing shameful about yeah. being bisexual or bicurious. Um, but by not sort of owning up to that, to by not in, embracing that, you're you're part of that bi erasure. You're yeah. part of that. I don't want to identify as that. Um, you know, and we've got plenty of couples that we play with where the guys are straight. Yeah. I don't even touch the guys. I'm not interested in the guys because the woman's there because I'm fucking bisexual. Yeah. yeah. You know, and, and that's that's one of my – oh, God, that's a big problem that I have. <laughs> um, you know, and, and and I've called out people before on it. And, and I think in the recent past, I've gotten a little lax on it. But I'm sort of going back to that. I'm like, look, um, you, just because you have a bisexual experience doesn't fucking change who you are. Mm-hmm. You're not different. You're mm-hmm. the same person. And if you – no matter what, how you label yourself, um, that's fine. But if, if you enjoyed the bisexual experience in the past and you wouldn't be against having a same-sex experience in the future – don't list yourself as experimental. Don't list yourself as not sure. Bisexuality comes on a wide range. There's a lot of gray in there. There's a lot of gray in there. Yeah. You know, it's... And I, I, I'm now starting to look at it as... Think about cartoons. Mm-hmm. You know, if I say cartoon to you... The flies. Or bad. animated series. If I say animated series, um, you can think of Archer... And Rick and Morty. Mm-hmm. You can think of Simpsons, Family Guy, South Park, or you can think of Bugs Bunny mm-hmm. and 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 some other sort of children's show. I mean, there's a wide variety of it, and to lock yourself into one of those is doing a disservice to both the genre and to yourself. Um, and I think that's really important for men, especially, to to hear mm-hmm. um, because they're. You know, we, they we um, are sort of locked into what society tells us to be, and and we're it's easy to become cowardly when it comes to your sexuality, and I, I think we should, it's time we, for lack of a better term, man up, um, and and say, hey, look, I'm bisexual, I'm, you know, I'm not into it all the time, but 
I'm an opportunistic bisexual. And, I don't see anything wrong with that. And where you are on that scale changes yeah. from day to day, week to week, whatever. It's not always, it doesn't mean the same thing every day. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And that's the other thing is like, everybody's like, oh, once I name myself, you know, bisexual, that means I always have to fuck men. Like, that's dumb. Uh, it's, I don't know. Um, we could rant and rave for a while on this one. Um, <laughs> should we put it to rest? We should put it to rest. Okay. <laughs> let's, let's stick a fork in it. It's done. Um, so, yeah, that's, that's sort of us and sort of how we deal with bi- our, our own bisexuality on a day-to-day, day-to-day basis. And it's different for everyone. You Absolutely. Know, this, is, this is just you know, our experiences, but because it is such a wide range and everyone's life is different, it will affect everyone differently. But it's, it's just reaching that point where you're comfortable with it and you accept it whatever role it plays in your life. You know, yes. if you don't, you shouldn't feel bad or embarrassed about who you are. So it, it's just kind of figuring out how does this fit in my life? Am I okay with it? If not, what needs to happen so I can be? And getting to that point where where you're happy with it. Yeah. And accepting of yourself more than anything. I think that's the, the biggest thing is learn to be accepting of yourself. Um, and that's coming from somebody who still has trouble being accepting of himself. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's hard for me, but it's do... You know, do the best that you can, and each day try to give yourself a little more of a break. Yeah. Well said. Thanks. I get a couple. Um, we had this um, when when we posted about this. Uh, we had a young man f- on Facebook um, just make the statement. Uh, I found that societal expectations often pressure couples into a more traditional structure. As a bisexual male, people often try to categorize me as gay. The truth is, I enjoy both. It's hard for people to understand that. And I think yeah. it's a it's a great... It's a fair point. Yeah. That's a great way to sort of close this, is that, you know, it's... <coughs> you, you don't know somebody's history. Mm-hmm. Just because they're in a monogamous, hetero, or homosexual relationship does not mean that they're heterosexual or homosexual. And I think it's something that you and I struggle with, and we sort of touched on this when we talk about past relationships, yeah. is that just because somebody doesn't see or know your past, they automatically assume that the relationship that you're in is the sexuality that you are. Yeah, you mentioned there as well monogamous so you don't have to be in an open relationship to be bisexual. No, God no. Uh, there's we know a lot of people who do identify as as bisexual who are in monogamous relationships. Yes, they can still be attracted to or find the same sex to, if they're in a heterosexual relationship, the same sex attractive, but they don't act on it necessarily. Um, and the same thing happens with homosexual relationships. We've got yeah. a few friends who are you know in homosexual relationships who find the opposite sex attractive sometimes, but. But they don't act on it. So you just because you consider yourself bisexual does not mean that you have to be in an open relationship. Well, our own Blue Steel is yep. in a Absolutely. homosexual monogamous relationship. They they that's they are their own mm-hmm. partners. Um, but you know, if you ask him, he'll say he's bisexual. He's bisexual. Yeah, yeah, he's happy to identify as bisexual, but he's in a homosexual relationship, right. and I think that's great. You know, and that's. That's sort of what's great about the whole sexuality spectrum is mm-hmm. that you can be, you're, you're more than just the relationship that you're in. And yeah. I think that's sort of part of it. Um, and I think that's, for me as a bisexual, that's what I want to understand. I want people to understand is that I, I'm, I'm greater than the sum of my current parts. Right. So, yeah. 
Cool. All right. Awesome. So number one, thank you for the the message on Facebook. We l- loved it. Um, if you want to contact us on Facebook, uh, we're trying to build our Facebook uh, our we're doing empire. A little, little more with it. We're trying to work on our empire. Um, we are www.facebook.com slash by the by podcast. Um, on the Twitterverse, which is where our empire is growing leaps and bounds, we are at by the by podcast. You can find us on the interwebs, www.bythebybpodcast.com. Let me try that again. www.bythebybpodcast.com.au. Thank you. Why would I, I kept wanting to add podcast, but my brain was like, no. It's www.bythebybpodcast.com.au. Yes. Um, or you could email us at theatomsoflove at gmail.com. Um, we always love to hear from our listeners. Uh, we've gotten some great uh, feedback in the very recent past of, mm-hmm. yeah, keep going. We love what you're saying. And and please take your shirt off, which I still don't know what that means, but I'll give it a go. Um, yeah, but we absolutely love it. So um, thank you guys. And uh, yeah, so we'll uh, catch you in next week. Yes. Thanks for listening. All right. Bye. 